one of the kids blew me out of the water. He was like dope little kid. And when I was saying, Hey, do you have a word that makes you feel really great about yourself or make, just makes you happy? Right. It's just like, this is your word. And he was like, yeah, I got one sushi. And I was like, all right, sushi. Yeah. Like I'm not going to crap on your word, but okay. Sushi. Sure. And so I started thinking about, it, I'm like, sushi, that's a good word. That has a lot of seed sounds in that word, right? Yeah. So we were chanting it together and he was like, yeah, it's my word. It's my word. So I'm not going to lie. My personal mantra did not work when I was in the MRI tube for 45 minutes. So I thought of this kid and I was like, okay, kid, I'm using your word. So I was just like chanting sushi, sushi. but really slow. I was like, sushi. Welcome to the Wash Your Mouth Out podcast. Power, pleasure, and parenting. We are stigma-smashing feminist parents creating a new narrative. Put in your earbuds. This is for you only. This is the place to be entertained, empowered, inspired, and feel seen while you're raising small humans. We are your hosts, Moraya Malat and Madison Young. Wash your mouth out! Welcome. Today, we have the wonderful Christina Lovely, who is a Reiki master teacher, sound practitioner, and intuitive healer, using her knowledge of color theory and multisensory engagement to add depth and brilliance to her high vibrational sessions. She combines her intuitive insights with her energetic healing tools to create powerful Reiki and sound sessions. Her experience as a Reiki master teacher and sound guide has given her the ability to hold space with you during your journey, restoring balance and clarity, allowing nurturing healing to take place within your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual selves. The core commitment of her practice is to each client's unique connection to their own path. Composing different pieces for individual clients, she then incorporates her attentiveness to their energy in a session bringing clients into a balanced state while releasing energetic blockages. She is passionate about life and bravely curious about the unknown inside each of us. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I am I'm just so excited to have you on the podcast today, ah. Tina. And it's so nice because I've, I've known you for so long and I, um, so sound baths and sound healing, it's been such a powerful portal for, for me and so much of the healing work that I've been doing over the last like five, four or five years. And um, that started with you. Um, you oh. were really the person that introduced me to that modality and I had heard about it, but never experienced it before. And, um, you know, I mean, I can travel into the spirit world and cross veils pretty easily with some ease you know, the, with more and more practice, but 
Um, sound is like one of those things that it just opens something up for me in such a big way and knows exactly where to take me into the soul and what needs healed at that moment. I don't even understand. I don't understand the science of how it works. I don't really (laughs) care, especially I'd love to hear about it, but I'm so grateful really. Um, that was back in like 2018, I think. Yeah. Oh my God. You're like, I'm having like a, a flashback memory. Cause I was like, what did we do together? And then I was thinking, oh, it was my first, um, one of my first classes. I forget what was it called? Like, it was like art. Uh, you, there was, art. An, there was art. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was art and sound and yeah, yeah that was like just a weird, um, but beautiful experimental class that. I mean, I'm sure other people came up with something similar, but it was like something that I just kind of, I had a friend who had a gallery and I went to like a gallery show and was like, I could do something with this and then just dreamed it up. And you came to that and that was amazing. That was such a good time. Yeah. It was thank such you. A perfect, wow. I feel so awesome for you to say it, that. <laughs> it was such a perfect introduction to, um, to, to sound healing for me. And I was, I was wondering maybe if you could um, just give a brief introduction of yourself and your work and um, a little bit about, I mean, what is this magic that is sound healing and Reiki? Cause I feel like those are words that we hear a lot. And some folks are like, Pshaw, that does not yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to come more from the like, okay, I want to know some science behind it. Yeah. Um, I would say like I'm a little more, I tend to be like a little more skeptical in terms of like Reiki, like as a word. I kind of want to know. I definitely believe in energy healing or I believe that like energies transfer and move and can go from one person to another. And I definitely believe that energy is a part of healing and communication. Yeah. But like, can we just start with like, we could talk sound <laughs> we'll healing basic, too. Yeah. yeah. Like what about like Reiki, well, for, like energy healing? Yeah. Let's do, let's do that first. Um, so that's, that's a really good question. And I get that question a lot. And actually, um, my partner is skeptical as well and does not, I mean, you know, um, yeah. and you know, um, Jameson, but, uh, he's not, he believes in what I do, but in terms of like the overall, it's still kind of like, um, like, I don't know what the word would be. I was going to say like magical or whatever, but he's just sort of like, he's skeptical. He, he needs like the proof and he needs the science to understand like how that's coming along. So what I'll say is like for Reiki, Reiki and energy healing are similar. It's just a different name. It's just however you want to call it. Um, and it's a different path that you maybe chose to learn that modality, but it's all kind of from my perspective linked into the same overarching theme. Um, I say Reiki because that's just how I trained, but it is like, you're working with people's energy. You're helping to, um, shift that and move that around. And I think the easiest thing for me, how, how I would explain it was 
when I was an esthetician and I was doing facials, I would have like this person on my table relaxed, right? Or I'm trying to make them relax as I'm like doing their facial. And I would find that I would just be tapping into like how they're feeling. And I think some people can do it a lot easier than others. You're, you're basically reading that person and, and what's happening to them. And in massage therapy school and esthetician school, the ones I went to, that was kind of taught like where you, you wanted to kind of encompass the whole person. So you really wanted to look at them as an individual and not just focus in on their skin or how you're massaging them. You wanted to read them as a whole, right? So when they come out, they feel good from the inside, not just the outside. So I think that that is kind of where it started. And it was just very simple in terms of like listening to people and figuring out where they are in that moment and meeting them and maybe just holding space for them to be in that room and feel like whatever they need to release or let go or however they need to feel in that moment, you are offering that to them. And so that's kind of what I think um, as a whole, as energetic healing, you are being of service to that person in that moment and allowing whatever they need to feel, whatever is happening within them, you're just kind of like holding that space for them. So that to me is kind of like energy healing. And I mean, um, you can slap Reiki on top of that and use symbols and say you're a Reiki master and train people in it. But I think really when you're training someone, you're training them to kind of look at that person as a whole and recognize like what's happening with them, what's happening with them, but also what's happening like with yourself. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is it like, just trying to understand like the, the science of it, is it sort of like quantum physics? Like <laughs> that when, you know, when you change molecules over here, it has always an effect on molecules over here. And you're, are you trying to like give positive energy I know, like, yeah. I, I actually took a course because my kid wanted to do it. My kid's, like, a natural okay. healer. And I wanted to support that. So we did this Reiki course. And I, I thought it was going to give me, like, some background, but it really didn't give me the science. <laughs> so I've been trying to think about it sort of, like, more like quantum physics. Like, you know, like, that everything yeah. you change here changes something over here. I mean, I will say, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think the science um, part is not necessarily there um, Uh for it's, there's a lot of things that are hard for me to personally wrap my mind around, but I just have a feeling that's how it works. So I'll explain it in this sense. Um, My kid has like a really high EQ. And so when she is standing next to you, she can sort of without you saying something can sort of understand like you're feeling sad right now. Right. And so she'll kind of be like, Hey, this person's feeling sad. I'm going to try to make them happy. I'm going to give them positive energy right now. So maybe I'm going to be goofy and I'm going to make them laugh or I'm going to ask them, why are you sad? Do you want to talk about it? Maybe that's breaking it down like too hard, but Mm -hmm. I think that that's really in an essence, what it is, is like you, um, And everyone kind of knows this in the sense that when you are kind to someone or you smile at someone, you make them feel better. 
You know what I mean? If you, Mm -hmm. if I were to walk in a room and notice you and say, Hey, wow, I really like, I love your hair. Your hair is really beautiful and mean it. And you know that I mean it, you're like instantly lifted. Right. So in an essence, think of Reiki in, in that way, where it's like, I'm just kind of giving you positive vibes to lift you out of wherever you are, or just to maybe you're in a rad spot. So I'm just maintaining that. Um, it's, I think of it just like that. I mean, I'm sure probably someone will be like, no, actually there is science to it. So (laughs) whatever, but that's just how I don't. Yeah. Going more in the woo front. So I like every night before I go to bed, (laughs) like I, I do like body scans, right? Like I like scan my body energetically and I'm like, okay, like what, what energy is hanging on to me that I need to let go of, like letting that stuff go, you know, and I can feel if there's like an energy block or something like, you know, like an energy. Okay. There's something going on. That's kind of like in my shoulder over here. It's not like in the muscle, but there's a certain energy over there that, and, uh, so I use, I, I just, as an artist, I, I see things very visually. So I'll see like yeah. pointy little prickles that energetically, I just like before Move I did, away. The, yeah, before I did the podcast interview or even every shower I do, I take salt and I like, I scrub my body and I like, especially around the, this kind of area, I just intuitively like feel like I want to go like this to kind of clear move it away from your chest move it away Mm -hmm. yeah like you know move move stuff off of me in the shower you know um and I think actually when I was doing reveal all you mentioned that too because I was picking up a lot of energy from um, my theater show um and you were saying that like water can help be a facilitator of like, let it go down the drain. Oh yeah. That really helps me. I think most people use it and don't even know that they're using it. Like there was a lot of things that I learned that I was like, Oh, but I already do that. Like there's weird moments in time where I'll kind of just be going like this. And, and it wasn't until I learned Reiki that I was like, oh, I'm just like collecting my energy into my hands, right? Right. And I'm like, I'm revving it up. So this way, if I want to use it and put it on my body or put it on someone else, it's like, it's it's moving. You know what I mean? It's like moving through you, like mm-hmm. your chi and whatnot. Um, I think, I hope that later on the science can like explain it a little bit more because it would be actually helpful. Um But this is why I think, honestly, and not to segue out of that, but this is why, so I started with Reiki as a way to, um, for myself, as something that I needed for me. I needed, Mm. after I had my kid, um, I just like needed to feel better about myself. And I, I tried all the different things that I had been doing and they weren't working. So I went to a Reiki session and was like, wow, I feel great. And then decided, I'm going to train in that. And then the minute I trained in it, I was like, oh, yeah, I already learned this. I learned this in massage therapy school, but it didn't it didn't resonate to that to myself when I was doing it as a younger person. And I like kind of had a flashback where when I was doing it with my classmates, they would all be like, oh, I'm holding this energetic ball. And I'm like, 
what, what the fuck? There's nothing there. You know what I mean? Like my brain just couldn't go there in that moment. So I think like you arrive there. This is to use one of your quotes. Like you arrive when you arrive. And like it took me a little while and then I got there. And then I just kind of was like, oh yeah, this is what it is. And sometimes people like my partner, he needs more solid facts. And I think as time kind of goes on, hopefully like those solid facts will come more and more and more as we like progress as like species. (laughs) But for right now, it is really hard and it's hard for me. And I think that's why um, in the beginning when I started with Reiki uh, and doing Reiki sessions, I swiveled really hard and moved into sound because Mm -hmm. sound is just easier it's just a way easier thing for me to talk to you and for you to get it and yeah sound meditation and all that like feel it more intensely like understand it a little bit easier I I know that like I went to your Instagram to watch some videos to see what you do because (laughs) I actually have a few I have a couple friends who do like this, this, the bowls, you know, the tiny yeah, yeah, bowls. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of like been in those rooms and like watched it. And of course, like it sounds good. It feels good. But I swear you are an artist. Like you are making <laughs> you. art while healing people at the same time, you know? I mean, it's that's like, how I feel, but, you know. Yeah, it's not just, like, what I've often seen, which is, like, someone just, like, sitting there with the bowls and this tone and that tone and the next tone and this one lasts longer or whatever. It's, it seems, like, so much more, like, creating healing music, um, yeah. which, as a musician, I it's that's easier for me to understand, <laughs> I think, than other forms of, of um you know, energy healing. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that that's why, like when I go and I do these really big um, corporations and go in and do sound meditations, um, it's an easier sell for them. And we don't, it's not that I don't want to talk about Reiki. If someone asked me, I'd talk about it for sure. Um, But that's an easier topic. And that's an easier thing for people to just like sort of focus on and I can move them there a lot faster and it doesn't feel like a hard sell. Cause I'm really not trying to sell you on anything. I'm just trying to say like, Hey, experience this with me. If you like it rad, if you don't like, you never have to do it again, but like, let's see where we land. Right. Like won't hurt. And that is, it's just a, it's a way easier jump for people to get into and get down with. And then once they're there, I feel like, they open a little bit more and then we can go down the road for like what else they might need at some point, or maybe they never arrived there and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, and I think you're right with like trying to um, create healing music. Like I never, um, when I started, so when I started this, it, I never had like a specific game plan. You know what I mean? Like I just kind of wandered around creating things and they came out of an essence of like, well, I need this for me and I can't find it. So I'm going to make it. And that's kind of how my whole practice has been is like, well, I want this class and I I can't find this class. So I'm going to make this class. Yes, and I I think we can all (laughs) relate to that. that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like that's kind of, 
just kind of how I rolled up every single time. And it, it, like, luckily it's like worked for me <laughs> so far. Yeah. So well, I feel yeah. like the behavioral sciences have actually come a little bit further in describing some of the energy healing, just because I know like in trauma work, we talk so much now about like moving the shit through your body. And, you know, so, so somatic therapy is becoming so much more well known as something that's really important in the behavioral sciences to like move things through your body. But like, what are you moving through your body and what are you (laughs) moving it with? Right. Like maybe you are moving it through the actual vibrations of the sound. Maybe you're moving it through movement that goes with that. Maybe, you know, I just, I feel like, like, yeah, we, we kind of know, we kind of know that we need these things. Oh, we just yeah. don't have like it all in data yet. No. And it's true. I mean, and that's a, that's the cool thing with sound. There is a lot of, I mean, we, we know a lot about sound and we know how we feel. We know that when we listen to a song that makes us feel good, it pumps us up. You know, if you listen to a sad song, like you can have, very different reactions. Some people can feel sad. Some people can feel the emotion of the song, but never really be in sadness. And a lot of the times too, like with sound, this is actually a funny thing that someone brought up the other day. We were talking about how in the beginning, a lot of the tones that I would play were like happier tones, right? Because those were the ones that I was like, I want people to be happy. So I'm going to play these happy tones. And it's been like maybe probably since the pandemic, I have played more sad notes and sad tones. And it's not, it's not to make you feel sad, right? Like that's not the objective. It's more just that like we sit in sadness a lot, right? So why are we like, that's like, I get trying to be happy, but like when we're sitting with sadness, what is like, what is that? Where are we with that? So like when I play mm-hmm. a sad tune, it's, it's maybe it's to remind you of like the place that you are now that you've crawled out of and you're like, Oh, I feel really good. Or maybe it's just to remind you to be empathetic towards yourself about what your feelings are or recognize like, you know, just many, dif- there's many different levels to that. So it's interesting how, you just, even with sound, you can just keep evolving into like what that is and playing with it and moving and, and creating more, you know, like there's just, it seems like there's just so much more room to work with that. And that's, I think that's why I like it a lot. And and it feels um, fresh and new to come back to all the time, but also like a friend, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so the different bowls, though, you don't just use bowls. You use other things as well yeah. within, within the sound. But it does have a certain vibration, right? And I, I know that, I mean, before I, before you helped me to discover <laughs> sound healing and sound baths, um, I mean, I think I've always had a very strong relationship with sound. And I... I I would always go to the the beach, to the ocean, to as my reset. You know, my mental health mm-hmm. days. You go to the beach and you sit there, and you like cl- 
close your eyes and like listen to the waves, you know, and you can feel that or find the closest park so that you can hear like the wind and the trees. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and it's, uh, I guess the, you know, the most accessible sound bath, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's true. Well, and a lot of those sounds like, you know, sometimes when I play outside, people are like, well, how we're outside, like we're going to hear outside noise, but actually the outside noise, you're so conditioned, especially in New York where I'm doing this, Mm -hmm. you're so conditioned to like, what are those sounds? You know them, right? But when you go hard into like a sound meditation, that sound of the city becomes like the white noise in the background. And there will be times when like an ambulance will go by and I'm like, Oh no. But then I just, I just keep, keep working and going. And when everyone sits up and we'll talk about like, you know, how do they feel, whatever. And they'll say like, Oh, did you hear that ambulance? And they're like, wow, it felt like you worked it in just at this right time where it just meshed really well with like what was happening. And then I heard it move out. And that to me is like so beautiful and so lovely because when you are um, just locked in with these ambient tones, everything else just sort of peels away, like falls away and you're able to just sort of like sink into like, what is that? But nature sounds are like the best. And so I sometimes will let those incorporate, like I'll be on the rooftop playing and birds will come and I'll just take a minute and let the birds like do their thing and make noises and be like, cool. You want you want to join in? All right, let's do this. I'll let them do their thing. And then I'm like, thank you. I'm going to get back now, you know, but like, it's just appreciating like all the different layers and complexity Mm -hmm. that you are able to, um, that you're able to hear in that moment. So, yeah. Um, and then I'll also say really quick, like there are seed sounds and, um, seed sounds are like, well, everyone knows the, probably the most famous seed sound is ohm. And, but then there's like, shh, mm, uh, you know, and, different ones like lum, lum, rum, you know? So I work a lot with those two because yeah. when you are, I think the greatest instrument we have is our own voice, right? Yes. And that's, that's the, like when I'm talking to kids and they're like, well, I want to do what you do. And I'm like, but you can, I'm like, you have the best instrument ever. Like you got a voice, man. And when yeah. you use that voice, to massage like the inside, like the inside of your organs. Wow. Isn't that awesome? And they're like, Oh, what? You know? And then we do these sounds together and they're like, wow, I feel that. And I'm like, yeah, that's why yeah. sometimes you like that word. Cause you didn't know, like it's a seed sound. That's a yeah, seed sound. It was a vibration that feels a certain way. Yeah. yeah totally. I, so we're back in the Bay area and we've, ride the BART a lot, which is like the subway here. So when we're going between San Francisco and the East Bay, it goes under the bay. And I've noticed for myself, just because um, anxiety has kind of always been a part of my world, um, that uh, 
I think something having to do with the pressure when I go on, yeah. especially when I go under the tunnel and in that small space that um, my anxiety likes to go up. I think also the fluorescent lights and things are a little triggering mm-hmm. to my brain. So something I've noticed that I do is that I'll, I'll do this kind of um, kind of like an ohm uh, where I'm humming and I put my tongue to the to my teeth and I'm just like, mm, and have this vibration thing going on. Yeah. And so um, Emma, my oldest is um, kind of has, is experiencing similar things. So I, I taught her this little trick. So now, now whenever we're in the BART together, we're like humming, <laughs> like, it's like just hum in the BART and it kind <laughs> of helps the like, noise and the claustrophobia and yes, the different yeah. overstimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know, something about the vibration and the humming of it just helps oh. it to fall away. No. And I think that that's a perfect thing that you have figured out. And I will tell you, so I went recently for um, an MRI and they scanned my brain, right? Oh, and it's and so, so loud I, and terrible. Oh, so loud. So I, I, didn't, I never... I've never done it before, but, and so they put this like Bane mask on you. Right. And you're like, Oh, it's like, you can't move. And, and I do meditation a lot where like, I, I will sit still. Like I know how to sit still. I can breathe. I can do all this stuff. But when someone tells you like, Hey man, you're going to be in this tube and you can't move for 45 minutes. You cool. All you think about is like, Oh God, I, I like just want to move now. So and he puts me in and I'm like, cool, I'm just going to like do my thing. I close my eyes because I get a little bit claustrophobic. And I'm like, but if I just keep my eyes closed, I'll be cool. I have my mantra. I'm going to go in the tube. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to do my mantra. I'm prepared. I know it's going to be loud noises. It's cool. They put these things in your ear so you can't hear, but it's still so loud. I went in and was like chanting my mantra over and over. And I was like, this shit is not working. Like, <laughs> And they give you a panic button that you can push to come out. Right. And I, I'm like sitting there thinking about it. And I was like, I want to, I, I think I want to press this. But then I was like, but this sucks because then they're just going to take me out of the tube. I'm going to re- what refresh for a minute. And then I got to go back in the tube. Cause I got to get it done. So I'm like, buddy, you got this. So I'm trying, I'm racking my brain to like, not make myself feel weird. And meanwhile, I feel my anxiety rising. Right. And I'm just like, damn, I can't move. Okay. So a couple weeks before this, I did a little kid party, which I think you saw. And I gave each kid a crystal and I gave each kid a mantra or they came up with their own mantra. And then we chanted over cards and we did like this little Oracle card reading and one of the kids blew me out of the water. He was like, dope little kid. And when I was saying, hey, do you have a word that makes you feel really great about yourself or make, just makes you happy, right? It's just like, this is your word. And he was like, yeah, I got one, sushi. And I was like, all right, sushi. Yeah, like, I'm not going to crap on your word, but okay, sushi, sure. And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, sushi, that's a good word. That has a lot of seed sounds in that word, right? Yeah. So we were chanting it together and he was like, yeah, it's my word. It's my word. So I'm not going to lie. My personal mantra did not work when I was in the MRI tube for 45 minutes. So I thought of this kid 
And I was like, okay, kid, I'm using your word. So I was just like chanting sushi, sushi. but really slow. I was like, sushi. And I just kept doing it over and over, right? So I'm just chanting that. And then I was like, okay, you got this. Slowing down my breathing. And then I was like, now let's listen to the crazy sounds that are happening. And let's try to work it in like it's a song, right? So it'd be like, eh, 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 sushi. Eh, 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 sushi. And I, <laughs> and my brain just had to figure out the pattern, right? Yeah. The musical pattern that was happening. And I was like, this is smooth sailing now. And I wrote it out and did my 45 minutes. But it's, it's just like being creative with like, and, and being able to use these different things, you know? Yeah. So I think what you are doing in the tube with your daughter is like, that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. At Wash Your Mouth Out Podcast, we understand the importance of queer and gender affirming care. And it makes our hearts so full of joy when we discover radical practitioners that are meeting the needs of the community within their practice. That's why we're so over the moon to let our listeners know about our sponsor, North Bay Aesthetics. North Bay Aesthetics is a queer and women-owned and run aesthetics practice in downtown Mill Valley, providing gender-affirming and cosmetic aesthetic medicine for trans and non-binary community and allies. Just a small selection of North Bay Aesthetics vast offerings include dermal fillers, neuromodulators, B12 shots, thread lifts, and microneedling with platelet-rich plasma to smooth, lift, augment, minimize, refine, define, and balance the face and neck. North Bay Aesthetics North Bay Aesthetics offers client-led treatments that work toward each individual's treatment goals, and they treat the person, not the gender. At North Bay Aesthetics, you know you're in good hands with experts in the field of aesthetics medicine. North Bay Aesthetics goes above and beyond to make gender-affirming care accessible to those who need it. Since March 2021, North Bay Aesthetics has provided over $100,000 in gender-affirming dermal filler treatments to trans and non-binary folks free of charge. You can visit North Bay Aesthetics online at northbay.co and on Instagram at North Bay Aesthetics. Can I just say, like, how amazing is that 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 you did a kid's birthday party? Like, <laughs> this has to be the new thing. I know I mean, that if yeah, I told hope. my I mean, kiddo, like, like you can, we can have like a sound healer for your birthday. <laughs> my kiddo would be like, yes. Uh, not yes. everybody, but like lots <laughs> of families. I think like that's such a new and interesting and like. Super fun, especially like incorporating it with like helping them find the power of their voices. Because actually, I didn't, I've been a like a singer songwriter for most of my life. I only found my voice, quote unquote, like in the last year. Wow. Because I, I hadn't connected my voice to the earth 
actually didn't. Mm -hmm. I accidentally found how to stand to project my voice. (laughs) That's beautiful. I accidentally figured that out. And then I started using it as like manifestation so that I would like, I now like ground, outstretch my arms um, and I will sing my manifestations out like really loud. Nobody can be around. I haven't figured out how to do it with people around yet. Um, I mean, kind I, of hard I think when you're that's parent. wonderful. But like, you know, and, but imagine, I'm just like imagining things like, what if somebody taught me? How to find the power of my voice when I was a kid, you know, or how to, how to move, how to create vibrations in my body to move emotions throughout my body to shift it. Oh yeah. And I mean, like, that's the, that's the cool part about it is like, I probably would never have thought of this, honestly, if like I didn't have my own kid. And I think a lot of, um, where this stems from, because this kid was one of my kids, like classmates. And so they were kind of like, hey, we already know that you do this. Can you do this fun thing for our friend's birthday party? But uh, the whole point, so I do go into schools um, and it kind of, my daughter's class was, she was very much the guinea pig and I just wanted to test it out and I wanted to see how it went. And her teacher was really dope. And she was like, I can use a break. So can you come in? So the first time we did it, it was kind of like, I really was experimenting on these kids and I came and I, you know, did a sound bath and I wanted to make it accessible to them. And I wanted to be able to give them a tool, almost like, um, like if you learn to eat healthy when you're younger, chances are you're probably going to eat healthy your whole life, right? You, You might divulge in other things, but you know how to, how to eat well, right? Or if you exercise at a young age and that's part of your routine, chances are when you're older, you're going to understand how to work that into your routine and keep that as some, like as a core part of who you are. So I was like, okay, meditation, why can't that be a core thing that you learn when you're young, right? Why should that be something you have to learn later, right? Especially when you're, maybe you're trying to learn it when you're even more stressed out by being a grown up. So let's try to like learn this now. So that was kind of like where I went in. It's like, I want to just open up this tool bag and just be like, here you guys go. Here's this tool that's for yourself that you can use forever. You can forget about it and then come back to it. You can use it whenever you want, but it's, it's for you. And it's, and guess what? It's free. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you don't have to pay for this. This is something you can totally do for yourself. So that's kind of where I started. And I also wanted to um, make the instruments accessible. There's nothing worse than when you show kids stuff and then you're like, you Don't can't touch, touch it. it. Yeah. Right. That sucks. So there are definitely instruments that you have to handle with care, like the crystal singing bowls. Those I'm kind of like, Hey, I'm going to assist you and I'm going to show you. But other instruments, I'm like, you know what? You're a kid. You need to kind of manipulate the instrument to figure out how it makes a sound, how it works, how to use it. But I also want to incorporate, like, you want to respect your instruments, right? So by respecting your instrument, you're not going to be rude to it. You're not going to hurt it. You're not going to drop it on purpose. You know, you're going to 
try to use this thing in a way that it's meant to be used and it will offer something back to you. So these are kind of the ways that we like work when I go into like the classroom and it's been um, really rad and successful. And the funny story is, is that uh, so when I go in, they will be so mellow and they like line up. I put the tuning fork on their head and they're just like, oh, this is the best. And we talk about the sounds and the vibrations, but easy peasy stuff and breathing, you know, and sounds and how they're feeling. And when they wake up, they're like sound bath stoned. And they're like, yes, uh, you know, like sitting at their little desks. <laughs> and then the teacher is like, yes. Well, particularly like after this one class I did, they had like a ballet teacher was going to come in and do all this like weird movement with them. And they were had to be up. And like, she oh, said, no. when she walked in the room, she goes, what did you do to them? And I was like, what do you mean? Because normally they're like bouncing off the walls because it's like the end of the day. It's after lunch and they're crazy, right? And they were just sitting there like, like just so serene. And she was like, I don't even know how I'm going to motivate them to get up now. But the teacher was like, wow, could you imagine if you could come into the classroom every day and do this? Like what a difference it would like make. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. striving towards that. Yeah, and that age, you know, that younger age, they don't – you can teach them meditation and you can do, like, some yoga and have some meditation mixed in with that. And they can kind of understand what meditation is. But they're they're not really able to, like, get often, like, get into it the way that we do because they, their minds move very fast and they don't have the attention oh, yeah. span. But the sound, I feel like that's a whole different ballgame. No, totally. You know, after dinner, taking a shower or a bath or whatever, um, I subscribe to um, Calm. So, like, sometimes they, they have kid meditations and whatever. So, sometimes my daughter will pick those and they're, like, lovely stories. So, she'll listen to that and I'll kind of lay with her for a minute and then she'll fall asleep. Or sometimes I'll just ring, you know, like, um, I have, like, a Koshi bell and I'll just... <laughs> I'll ring a bell. Ooh. Right? Beautiful. And just sit there and ring it for a few minutes for her, like here. These are super accessible. You can get these. I'm buying one right away. <laughs> and they come in four different sounds. So that's like uh, earth, fire, water, um, wind. So different tones for different, obviously, elements. This one's water. What was the, that one's water? Yeah, what was the first one? Fire. Fire. So I ring these together. Usually, like, when I'm with clients, I'll ring one over them that I kind of pick as their, I, like, will be like, this is what I feel like your element is. And then I'll ring one side of their head and then the other side with a different sound so that they're connecting what they want those two sounds to be in the middle for themselves. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. So, yeah. But these are really great and super easy. And also you can, like, they have tiny little ocean drums that you can play. And the ocean drum, the sound of the ocean is really soothing. Um, 
but also to watch it while you're playing this thing, right? So you have to be really gentle in the way that you're moving it to create the sound of the ocean. So it's all these like tiny little balls inside this drum and you can see them moving. And so like when you're watching it and you're kind of moving it, you just automatically slow down because you have to make the balls go slow, right? So as you're watching that, you're just going slower and slower. And so I find that certain kinds of instruments like that are really, really good to help kids mm. just kind of move them into that way. Yeah. I love that. Oh, so, it's just called yeah. an ocean drum? Yeah, an ocean drum. Okay. And I think there, there's many different brands that make them. And I'm pretty sure um, you can get it at like, uh, what is it, guitar guitar center Whatever that, <laughs> guitar center like, uh, yeah. any and any you, like instrument yeah you can like you can get mm-hmm. it and they have ones too that have like a fish motif at the bottom so like it could be like fishes and then they have the little balls and they come mm-hmm. tiny or they come giant okay and obviously the bigger one is like a just a more expansive sound where like a tiny one is just sort of meant for you you know um, or the other thing sometimes that's really good for my kid is I got, um, I have just like this really small, it was one of my first instruments I started with and I forgot to bring it today, but, uh, it's just a tiny bowl and you just practice and you just go around and you make it sing and it gets louder and louder and louder. And you'd be surprised how loud this bowl gets for being so small. And it was like a, like a, maybe a $20 bowl, not very expensive, but you, it's, it's the practicing. And like, once you get it, when you're going around and around, cause you're holding it in like the palm of your hand. Right. And you're just going around. It's like that act of doing it is just so feels lovely. You're kind of working that hamster wheel part so that your brain can kind of just slip off into what it needs to be. Yeah. To relax. Mm. So. so kind of, I love this idea of like bringing some of the calmer instruments into the before bed routine as a sleep consultant. I'm constantly helping people create bedtime routines and people will often say like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to sing to them before they fall asleep or while they're falling asleep. Cause I don't want to have to like sing to them when they wake up. Like that does not <laughs> sound does not become a, like a challenging sleep associate. You don't wake up and say like, I need you to sing me that song again. That's that never happens. Um, no, but sound is so powerful. I always tell people that one of the reasons why like singing lullaby, that kind of sound is so helpful before bed is because it makes us breathe. <laughs> If we sing, right? Like, so if the child is singing, they're breathing. But if the parent is singing, the parent is breathing rather than being anxious about, is the child going to go to sleep and when? Um, So the parent is breathing and then the child is co-regulating off of the parent. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. So I love the idea of like maybe... I always think of like lullabies and maybe it's a, and probably Madison and I both have sung like lullabies, which were rock songs and not lullabies. <laughs> um, but, but also we could be doing like, you know, just more like vibrational tones oh. and meditative sounds with instruments that could be happening. That could be a collaborative effort with like parent making one sound and then and the child making another sound and maybe both playing some kind of instrument. I just, yeah. I absolutely love that. 
100%. And I never, I actually never thought about that, but I did sing to my kid a lot when she was younger. And I mean, and you don't have to sing like the, I mean, my gosh, you don't have to sing the classic like lullaby, right? Like I think I sung to her ever since she was little, um, from the movie Popeye, when he sings to Sweepy, I sang that song to her. You know, and that's wait, a wait, wait. I don't song. It. The only one I remember from is like, <laughs> like what's the what's the? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. You're like putting me on the spot. I'm trying to remember. So you know, like in the movie Popeye, <laughs> where Sweepy is like they kidnap Sweepy, whatever. And he's like, and olive oil like kicks him out. And Robin Williams as Popeye is like in his like little bungalow. And he's writing to him on this note. And that's kind of where it starts. He's writing to Sweepy like, hey, Sweepy, I never thought I'd find you, blah, blah, blah. I was kind of like this tornado and you kind of, you calm the storm. And it's like these flashes of like Sweepy's sweet face, whatever. He rolls it up, puts the note in a bottle and like sends it out. But it's such a like lovely, sad, but heartwarming song from like a parent to their child. I have no idea like how I arrived there, but that was just the song that I would sing to her because that was like, one of my favorite like childhood songs to hear, you know, Robin Williams singing to. Okay. So it's called Sweet Peace Lullaby. Everybody needs somebody, even if it's only me. So stop your crying, Sweet Pea, and try to go to sleeps. (laughs) Yep. Yes. So yeah. Look that up. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really great. Yeah. So I'm sure later in life she'll be like, Dude, you totally sang me Popeye songs, Mom. Like, <laughs> or I did. I think I did actually sing. Um, this is uh, I, I sang a Smith song, uh, "Sing Me to Sleep." Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I would sing that one to her, just like "Sing Me to Sleep." Whatever. I'm tired. So, yeah, I think you can. I think it's more about. Um, it's the voice and the intention, right? And and you're right. I never thought about it in this way that like if the parent is more calm, the kid is definitely feeding off like whatever the parent is in that moment. And if you're in the room thinking, oh my gosh, I have to get back to the emails. I have to put the dishes in the dishwasher. That's right. You're That's like, right. ah, just go to sleep, you know? Yeah. Then your kid is like, yes. But yeah. if you're like, hey man, we're here together, like- let this is could be really beautiful. Like yes. let's try to relax and go to sleep. Then it's much easier for the kid. And sometimes I have parents who are like, I don't sing. I'm not going to sing. Singing is not <laughs> happening. And then I'll say, well, you probably know how to hum. And oh, we know that great. babies, yeah. I mean, if you have like a baby on your chest, or you're holding a baby, like they literally will feel the vibrations of your audible humming into their bodies. I mean, that, that can be a way to help somebody sleep, you know, especially like the deeper, the deeper tones for before sleep, you know, trying to really be in your chest. Um, That can be really helpful for folks who just don't feel like singing. Right. Or like, I mean, humming, that's awesome. My grandpa used to be a whistler. I don't know if that's still a thing anymore. Mm. Um, And I definitely did my fair share of whistling and would just whistle 
not even like songs, but try to like whistle like melodies that I thought were like pretty sounding. And it was like a nice, just sounds nice and airy and light, you know? So you don't want to hum. You don't want to sing. You can whistle. Whistle. (laughs) I don't know how to whistle. I can't get it. (laughs) I'm the worst whistler. (laughs) So if you're listening to this podcast, you have a couple of minutes. To get yourself into a, a seat or somewhere where you can listen. Yeah, just get comfy. Tina, um, we're going to go into a sound bath, but we tend to, we like to do this little thing where we do a rose and a thorn um, of your current <laughs> okay. parenting or recent parenting. Uh, okay. Struggle, you know, a joy and a challenge. Um Sometimes it's best to start with the challenge or the thorn and <laughs> end with the positive. Oh my goodness. Um, so I'm thinking of what is a challenge that I've had in parenting. Yeah. Anything um, recently. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm trying to, th- I'm like, I, ha- I definitely have something, but I'm like, is that too deep? Uh <laughs> And nothing that, that like, uh, um, would out your child for something. Or... Yeah, I know. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Would my child be like, eh. Um, well, one I, one thing is just, like, like, I guess, like, a challenge that I feel like I've had with my daughter. So she is 10, right? She's fastly moving into these tween years. And she... Uh, is lovely and has a very vibrant, but very big personality and is very um, independent, but um, also has a super high EQ where she can read you. So you can't really like lie. You know what I mean? You can't be one of those like, <laughs> well, because I said so. Cause she's like, but what is that? You know what I mean? And like looks right through you and you're like, Oh, so I find oftentimes I end up admitting things where I'm like, well, I just don't know. And so recently, um, we kind of had this talk about, uh, but basically like puppy love. And so she had, uh, was, it's kind of hard to explain, but like she and her best friend decided that they, um, you know, were going to be together and they were girlfriends. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, cool. And, you know, like, I feel feel that she should be able to explore that. Well, she's moving into going into middle school. And so we were talking a lot about this. And she kept putting a lot of labels on stuff. And I just said to her, I said, you know, I love that you understand what all of these different labels are. And I, I find that, you know, that's really helpful. And I don't want to discourage you from not being any of those things. But what if, just hear me out, we like take a step back and instead of rushing to say this is what you are because you're 10, you know, and you have a whole lifetime and experience of other people and things, what if we just sat back and just like kind of explored what each of these things are, right? And I said, so I'm not saying not to label yourself. I'm just saying that the possibility for you to evolve could be there. And sometimes when you put a hard stamp on something, it feels really hard to leave that because you feel invested and you feel like, Oh no, there's fear behind. Well, 
but this is what I've wrapped my identity into. So now I have to be this thing. So I was like, especially because you're moving into middle school, why don't we just keep it open, dude? And she was kind of was like angry with me, like, well, you're not really listening to me. And I thought about it and I was like, well, what am I not hearing? And it basically came up where she was like, are you saying that, that I can't possess these certain kinds of relationships? And I was just like, no, man, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that I want you to experience as much love as possible with the people, the, the people that are meant for you. You know what I mean? And I don't want you to put it in a way to where you feel like it has to be one or the other. Does that make sense? And yeah, like with like sexua- sexuality labels oh, yeah. and stuff. Because mm-hmm. they're all kind of like doing it right now. And I totally understand. And it makes so much sense. But I was just like, it's such a heavy conversation to have for a 10-year-old. And I just felt like, oh, I'm so... I'm so not ready for this. Like it's so, but I mean, I'm happy to have it. And it also, like I realized it brings up a lot of how I feel about myself and how I'm moving about in the world and, 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 in the world that I actually like lived in growing up, like that none of this was available to me. So I'm like navigating this new way of living. So we talk a lot about like, what does that mean? And, and, and how we feel and, and, you know, I just was like, I get that we as humans, um, we love a good label and we love a good labeling machine, you know, but like <laughs> sometimes it's best to just roll with it for a minute and then you can figure out what that is. Yeah. 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 And, and with my tween, we've, we've gone through all the gender and the sexuality and all, all the things, and they do want to find a label sometimes. And as a, someone who's been queer my whole life, I have realized that even though I actually, Tina, feel exactly the same way you do, which is like, <laughs> this is not a time where you need to start oh, deciding oh everything for the rest of your life. Um, I also recognize that I have to, the way I want to do it is to honor the label and just be like, yeah, it sounds like that's how you feel right now. But I do always add in the like, that will probably change. Yeah. Like you, let's definitely, definitely think about letting yourself change that whenever you want to. And I think that that has one way that that has become doable like where I understand that my kid understands they can change that is by having some people in our lives that have changed those things. Like where they well, know adult yeah. stories of people changing their gender and their sexuality. And so like, even though they might want to identify right now as a thing, you know, that, that they at least have the, the adult modeling for we do change over a lifetime. Yes. And I think you're so right about that. And, and, and I also like recognize too, like where I am as a person, there's just certain things like I can't give her because I've never moved out of 
wherever I was, you know what I mean? Like, like I feel comfortable with this, but I don't have any idea what that is. So yeah, she actually, um, one of our dear good friends, um, has kind of created this space where, uh, it's, it's like a food pantry, but it's like a queer food pantry. Mm. And he is, they, I'm sorry, are an amazing person. And, uh, have invited us to come and, and basically hang out in this community. Right. And help pack up lunches and food and stuff. And I felt like, wow, this is like, I don't have an answer for what she's saying to me. So let's go here so she can be around these people and be surrounded by this and understand like what that feels. And it makes me feel like I'm learning from them as well, because I'm like, Guys, I just like I don't know. Yeah, just like let them parent for a minute. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, sometimes like just like, yeah. it has to be like a bigger, wider like parenting community for our kids. I like to like you can't. You're not. You're never going to understand everything about your own child. Like people want to, but like no. we're just not. You know. Well, and then that's also the beauty of it too. Like I feel really lucky that she has you know this friends and family that we have that are extended that she has access to these people to be able to ask them questions and have really meaningful conversations in that way. Because I recognize like, dude, you're only going to get so much from me because I'm, I'm running this way. And if you, you know, like I can only give this, I'm great at giving this, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, there's, so many other things in the world. And that's why I also appreciate my partner. He is so different than me. Um, And he just thinks on a totally different level and we have different perspectives. I love that we come together in a really nice way, but I'm always sometimes just like, dude, ask your dad, man. Cause like, even though, you know, we're um, women, and, and he's a man, he definitely puts a totally different spin on it. And just, and not even like, um, as male and female, but just as like a human being puts a different spin on it from where he comes from sometimes, like at the heart of like what his emotions are, you know what I mean? So I'm like, sometimes you think that certain conversations, like, um, we talked about masturbating and then she went to him and he was like, and, and, and he was like, I don't think I can answer these questions. And I was like, but you can, cause you do it too. So, you know, yeah. like it just, you know, you maybe you just don't have the, like the same body parts, but you still can relate to like, what is that? You know what I mean? And he was like, yeah, all right. And so they have this really lovely conversation. Yeah. And yeah, that's amazing. Like that's where you have to like be creative and think outside of the box of like, well, what is that? You know? So, okay. Well, let's just take those two cool things that you said <laughs> as your, as your roses, which are okay. an incredible co-parenting relationship with someone who gets, he can help kind of think differently and uh, that you have a, a little, like um, you found a little queer community for your child to explore. And Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And now we can um, move into a little sound bath for everyone. I think we've just really just got like 10 minutes. So let's try and do like not more than like six maybe (laughs) for the sound. Six minutes. All right. Um, Okay. Well, I have three different instruments, but I'm thinking, so I'll just play a slight collection. Um, So 
I'll just kind of prep you. So if you are seated or laying down, I'll have you sit in your seat, maybe close your eyes, um, relax your hands in your lap or by your side. Uh, Take a couple deep breaths in through your nose, letting them out through your mouth. Just gently breathing in and out. And then as you're breathing in and out, just kind of let the sounds move in and out with you.
And then keeping your eyes closed, just taking a couple deep breaths in through your nose, gently letting them out through your mouth. your body, wiggling your hands and your toes, just noticing how you shifted. How do you feel? <laughs> you are welcome. I feel like sound is drugs. <laughs> no, that's why I have to laugh like every time I'm like, oh, you've been sound bath stoned. So Yeah, I was it was it's more like like the good like not the like oh I'm like couch bound kind of thing, but like, yeah, yeah. like the almost more like mushrooms, but like Yeah like my you know, the, the higher tone of the chimes just kind of like explodes the crown chakra. This has been phenomenal. Thank you so Yay. much. Oh, where, you're welcome. Where can no, people you find guys. you? Where can people find you? What are your current projects? Um, so they can find me at uh, Christina Lovely Reiki. I'm fixing my website. So at the moment, it's kind of in shambles all over the place, but you can also, um, you can find me on Instagram and that's, uh, Christina lovely Reiki pretty much a majority of the stuff filters through Instagram. Um, because that's just the easiest form for me. I'm mm-hmm. working on a newsletter and all those things. I need to do the business side of it. Um, but hopefully very soon you will be able to find more stuff and I'm working on, creating music that um, you can just download just like little chimes like that, like five minute things that you can just like take away or listen to whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah, So follow Christina lovely Reiki. So you can know when that's out. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. No, thank you for having me. So good to see you. And so lovely to meet you. you. Farewell. And thank you. You've been listening to wash your mouth out podcast. You can find us on the web at washyourmouthoutpodcast.com. Come follow us on Instagram at washyourmouthoutpodcast and on Twitter at mouthoutpodcast.